All right, let's move on to the Auburn Tigers. It's a game that Ole Miss hasn't won very often recently, but this is a year that Ole Miss should expect to win. I will tell you the keys to this game on this edition of the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, welcome to the Lockdown Ole Miss Podcast. I am your host, Stephen Willis. Thank you very much for tuning in. The main key for the Auburn game, I'll just tell you this and we can roll credits, is the offense needs to continue last week's growth in this game. If that happens, this will be an easy win, but we'll talk about that and more in just a second. But first, I want to thank you for making the Lockdown Ole Miss Podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, so do us a favor, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, Hit the bell for notifications when we put a new video up and, of course, participate in the conversation by upvoting or commenting in the section below. Thank you very much for that. So, Jackson Dart had a bit of coming out party against Vanderbilt. He absolutely showed up and announced himself with authority to the rest of the SEC. Now, I realize that Vanderbilt is not a world beater defensively. I realize that all that is, I don't know, subjective, but... 448 yards doesn't just happen. And to put that in perspective, until about four years ago, nobody had even thrown over 436 yards. Until Phil Longo got in, or Chad Kelly got in, nobody even hit that Archie Manning record from 1969. So nobody should sneeze at 448 yards. Nobody should sneeze at three touchdowns. Yes, he had three, two horrible interceptions that you know he wants to have back. But it did not hurt Ole Miss. Um, Ole Miss was able to bounce back from it, and the offense got in rhythm and sync, and you saw that for the first time. You saw Jordan Watkins over the middle of the field become a weapon that the defense has to account for. You saw Michael Trigg, who injured his collarbone and he might be out for the season. We'll talk about that in the third segment a little bit. But he participated over the middle of the field. If you noticed on that Jordan Watkins touchdown, everything spread out. The middle of the field was wide open. Why? Because, honestly, they didn't have to cover that. They didn't have to worry about that because there's this huge donut-sized void in the middle of the field when you play against Ole Miss. This provides a little bit of, I don't know, complexity to the Ole Miss offense. And complexity not necessarily for Ole Miss, but for the other teams to defend Ole Miss. Now all of a sudden you can't spread out wide. Now all of a sudden you can't really hustle to the line of scrimmage. There's going to be consequences if you guess wrong. Because if they find that hole, they have athletes that can really hurt you. Malik Heath, Jonathan Mingo, Jordan Watkins, all three of which are Really fine wide receivers. Then you got the running backs of Zach Evans and Quinchon Judkins. Like I said, I think this goes back two years of me saying this, but this offense is designed to torture linebackers. It is to make it to where they're never right. And we are getting there. We are getting back to the point that we are used to seeing that 
when Matt Corral was calling the signals in 2020 and 2021. The offense is beginning to look similarly to that. Now, the difference in this is the run game. The, the horses that they have in the backfield means that it's never actually going to completely swing over. Although this week it did. They both only had 11 carries. And I think Jackson Dart threw the ball 32 times and they ran the ball like 28 times. They only had the ball for like 60 plays, like 18 minutes of time possession. But a lot of that, everybody's going to worry about that. Ole Miss scored on three possessions in one play. So if Vanderbilt has four-minute drives and you score on one play, the time of possession that quarter will be something like Vanderbilt 13 minutes and you 38 seconds. So that's the reason the time of possession got so skewed. That's not anything to worry about. Don't look at that number. The most overrated number in sports is time of possession in college football. So we'll see what's going on. We'll see how it looks, but they need to continue what they were doing last week into Auburn. Now, Auburn, when you look at the Auburn Tigers, and we're going to talk about this in the second segment, they have a weakness on their offensive line. Their offensive line is actually might be the worst one we've seen this year. Defensive line's pretty good. Offensive line, there's some holes. And defensively, Auburn has 15 to 20 players on their team that probably can play at any school in the SEC. They have that extreme top-level talent. The problem is once you get past that. So as part of continuing last week's growth, you do need to kind of sustain drives and keep them on the field. You need to wear out um, that defensive line to get to that second team. If you do that, that's going to be much more easy than scoring so very quickly. Now, Auburn has struggled against Penn State stopping the run and against Georgia stopping the run. You know, they're they're dangerously close to being a trend and a bad rush defense team. But I think they're going to take a similar tack that Vanderbilt did this past weekend. They saw that on film. They They want to make Jackson Dart win the game. So they're going to try and do what they can to clog up the middle of the field. Because they get to pick one or the other. If you allow Ole Miss to run the ball, you have no chance. None whatsoever. The game's over, not even worth talking about. If you stop that, there's at least a chance Jackson Dart will throw you a couple. And I get that. I mean, everybody will talk about that. That's what happened against Vanderbilt. And Auburn, offensively, I don't think is as good as Vanderbilt. And I will say that again. Auburn, offensively, is not as good as Vanderbilt. Right now, with the way they're using Tank Bigsby, I would take Ray Davis and Vanderbilt all day. Will Shepard on the outside, that guy is not existing on Auburn's offense. A.J. Swan's a better quarterback than anybody Auburn has. People might talk at me, but it's mainly because traditionally – Auburn's in a place where they're, they're going to be severely ranked above anything on Vanderbilt. But if you look at the top three players on offense, there's an argument that A.J. Swan, Will Shepard, and Ray Davis is better than anybody that Auburn has, especially the way they're using them. Tank Bigsby has all the talent in the world, but they're not using him. He's like a, 
He's like really pretty China that nobody's allowed to use. You just see it in the cabinet. It's like, yeah, there's Tank Bigsby. He's a he's a heck of a ball player. But no, you you no, we're not going to eat on that. We're not going to touch that. We, that that needs to stay over there. Because what happens if somebody drops it and it breaks? Then you don't have any Tank Bigsby. So. So if you continue the growth that Ole Miss had last season, I know I went off on a little bit of a rant there because Auburn has some issues. And I think traditionally whenever people see Vanderbilt on the schedule and they see Auburn on the schedule, there's there's a there's a guaranteed hierarchy that historically happens. And I just don't think that Auburn is there right now. Right now, I think Auburn is a worse team than Vanderbilt. Honestly. Now, I'm not disrespecting Auburn. In any way, Auburn has all kinds of problems on the offensive line and quarterback position. And it, you cannot win, as we know at Ole Miss, with holes and problems at that position. If you can't block anybody and you can't do anything, they just have an athlete back there. You heard me last week talking about how Mike Wright got basically demoted at Vandy, and that's kind of the low-talent level thing that people do, and that is put an athlete at quarterback so at least they can run around and maybe they can make some plays happen. Well, Vandy moved beyond that with A.J. Swan, who's who's a heck of a quarterback. That, that, that kid's going to be really good. Well, in the reverse position, the better quarterback that they have is probably T.J. Finley. Now, we can make comments all we want about T.J. Finley, but Robbie Ashford is the athlete that can run around and make things happen with his legs because the offensive line is so deficient. It's really a situation that used to, the way we used to look at Vanderbilt, as we play Vanderbilt every year, whenever they have a good quarterback, say a Jay Cutler or a Jordan Rogers, and a quarterback that can't run around, it's because they have weapons around them. You had Earl Bennett, you had Jordan Matthews. And now at Vanderbilt with A.J. Swan, you've got Will Shepard. At Auburn, there's not really weapons around them. There's no offensive line. So you need a quarterback that can run around and hopefully make a play when the play breaks down. Like I said, it's nothing against Auburn. Uh, Auburn's going to get right. They're going to be fine. They're just not there this year. And I don't think people need to act like necessarily they are. Because if you do, you have a chance to throw up a 42-10 to 10 against Georgia, and they're like, what happened? Well, you said, no, the reality of it is this. So many players transferred out of that program. They don't have a quarterback. They've had offensive line problems since Gus Malzahn left. Auburn has issues. It's just plain and simple. They have issues. From cringing at the pump to getting an eye-popping check at your favorite restaurant, inflation is hitting us all where it hurts, and it really hurts. That's why I started using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anybody that buys gas, groceries, or dines out. With every purchase, I'm ordering, I'm earning cash back on Upside. That's easy for me to say, right? To get started, download the Upside app. Use my promo code at LOCKED. That's one word, LOCKED. And get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next, claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. Check in at the business, pay as usual with a credit or debit card, and get paid. In comparison to credit card rewards cards or loyalty programs, you can earn three times more cash back with Upside. Upside users are earning more than a million dollars every week 
That's probably why they have a 4.8 star rating on the App Store. So download the free Upside app and promo code LOCK to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's 5 bucks or more cash back on your first purchase of 10 bucks or more using promo code LOCKED. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including iTunes and Spotify. So do us a favor. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes and Spotify. You can say whatever you want to say. Just make sure it's a five-star review. That way, when somebody on the Google machine searches Ole Miss podcast, the Locked On Ole Miss podcast come up, and they can find it, and they can find the show. That's why we do this. Thank you very much to those that are participating in it. So, in the first segment, we talked about Ole Miss's need to continue last week's growth, and we talked a little bit about some of Auburn's problems. The second segment, we're going to talk more about Auburn's problems, because this weekend, you take away the revenge factor, right? You take away last year, Matt Corral getting hurt and all the receivers being hurt, and you go down to Auburn and you lose the game. That is probably Ole Miss's one bad loss in the last 20 games. They're 17-3. and three. The other two is um, against Baylor in the Sugar Bowl and versus at, or it was at Alabama. And this whole time, they have not lost a home game. The last home game they lost was probably the last time Auburn came in the building in 2020. I don't know that for sure, but I'm just kind of kind of doing quick, like going through in my head. So, Ole Miss is a very consistent team. If you look at the last 20 games, that record will put Ole Miss probably in the top five, six, or seven teams in the country, programs in the country. 17-3 and three is nothing to sneeze at. The only bad loss in there was that Auburn game. And two of those losses, Matt Corral was, was injured in. So, A, it's important to keep Jackson Dart healthy, obviously. But I think you need to take advantage of off, Auburn's offensive line. Ole Miss on the defensive line, very good, and this is a very aggressive defense. Now, Robbie Ashford potentially can hurt you scrambling the ball. If you blitz and miss and he gets around you, he can take off. So, But I don't think that is something that is so wary, especially with the number of the defensive backs on the field that would prevent you from doing it. It isn't a Johnny Manziel type situation to where if you blitz and miss, he's gone. But... I think the defensive back needs to cover their guys. Whenever they made plays against LSU, it was generally broken down plays with Robbie Ashford scrambling, hitting tight ends and wide receivers, kind of in that right third of the field. Robbie Ashford's a decent quarterback. I covered him at Hoover High School way back when. Um, Good player. Former commit to Ole Miss back in the day. I guess um, when Lane Kiffin got the job, he decommitted and went to Oregon, and now he's at Auburn. Good quarterback. You can honestly tell um, whenever he was committed to Ole Miss, the way he plays, he would have been fantastic in Rich Rod's system. He, he absolutely would. But it is what it is. So the second key of this game is to take advantage of Auburn's offensive line. You need to probably blitz. You need to be exotic on your some of your stunts, and you need to make them work. There are plays on film that you've seen against Georgia where the offensive line literally had three players blocking one, and they turned two loose. There are mistakes that are being made. I think Auburn's on their fourth center. So there's some issue there. That's going to hurt them in the run game. That's going to hurt them in the pass game. 
the the ideal situation if you're Auburn is to play similarly to the way Vanderbilt played Ole Miss this past weekend. You want to run the ball for two or three yards or four yards and move the sticks slowly and methodically go down the field. Because if you can do that and keep the offense, Ole Miss's offense off the field, you're doing something. Because Auburn's offense has not shown a remote ability to be explosive this year. Now, they could. They could break out. They have Tank Bigsby. But if I was the offensive coordinator at Auburn, Tank Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter would both be getting 20 carries a game. But right now, that's not happening. And part of that might be this offensive line. Now, if you thought Kentucky had issues on the offensive line, let me introduce you to Auburn. Auburn is struggling really, really hard on the offensive line. Now, traditionally, they are a good team, and traditionally, they are a powerhouse. But we have reached the situation where Ole Miss, as a roster, is the way Auburn used to have a roster compared to Ole Miss. Because Ole Miss used to be that team with 22 players. And if you got them off the field and wore them down, all of a sudden you could take advantage because the second team of your roster was so much better than their second team. We've reached that point. Because Auburn, like I said, they have 20, 21 players that could play anywhere. Good players. The problem is it falls off a cliff once you get past that. That's offensive line, that's defensive line, that, that's everywhere. The machine that was built, we're going to say Gus Malzahn, but the machine that was at Auburn that was built over the last 20 years, it's old. It's decrepit. Now all you have is a giant power struggle of boosters that has a choice of firing a coach less than two years into his tenure, or dealing with what's happening with a national championship level coach on the other side of the state. It is, it's not a good choice. It's not something that I would look a whole, have a whole bunch of looking forward to that. It's interesting. It's, this is not a game that, I am overly concerned about. Now, these keys are keys are important. I'm going to talk about it all week. Uh, we're going to have a special show necessarily tomorrow or something like that. And by special, I mean it won't just be a themed show like we've been doing. And then we'll do a crossover on Thursday, and we will do our Wild Miss Wins on Friday. Tonight, you know, our, you know, you have right now, you have Monday's press conference. Wednesday night, we're going to do a live stream of um, SEC After Dark. Put the picks up on Thursday. It's all going to look the same. So, people might view my confidence as cockiness, which is not. It's just confidence because there's no way that anything that can happen Saturday, if Auburn rises up and wins the game, it's not going to affect me at all. It's going to affect some people, but it will affect it won't affect me that much at all because I'll immediately move on to LSU. That's the way I work, win or lose. I, the elation that people have on a win, I don't get because as soon as Ole Miss finishes the game, I recap it and move on to the next thing. It is hard for me to do Monday shows like the three takeaways because I've already moved on to the next opponent. But the same thing happens if Ole Miss loses. 
as soon as the game's over, I look at the stats, and then I'm on to the next one. It's it's not something that necessarily affects me. You're always forward thinking. I'm just not built that way, I guess. But if other people are like that, let me know in the comments below because that's the way I've always been. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, Ole Miss can have that massive win over Florida and I'm immediately looking ahead to the next game, which I think was South Carolina maybe. But that's just the way I'm built. But Auburn's going through some things right now. I think they're like 8 and 12 or 8 and something. Some crazy number. I think their first Power 5 win that they had since like the middle of last season was against Missouri when they just gave it away and the guy fumbled going into the end zone in overtime. They're not playing particularly well. And that is, that's because they're offensively challenged. Their quarterbacks need a ton of work. They're good. They're good players. But none of them are going to really scare you in the offensive lineman the same thing. The, the offensive lineman coming out there with the, the confidence and bluster last week of how if we can stay out of our third, them out of their third down package, we'll demolish them. You're playing Georgia. Be quiet. That wasn't necessary. That game's going to be physical anyway. Why bring that up? Why do that? I understand confidence, and you want to fake it till you make it. I get all of that. But do that against Missouri. Don't do that against Georgia. Don't do that against Alabama. It's just, a, it's just, it's just honestly a horrible, horrible look. Our partners at Nissan have worked with us to create a new segment across the Locked On College Network titled Thrilling Moments, where we highlight the most exciting play from the weekend game or throughout history of our alma mater. This week's thrilling moment from the Ole Miss game is... Jonathan Mingo's first touchdown. It was one of the few times that the Ole Miss offense looked like it did last year. Big play. It was a straight RPO-looking play-action pass. Pop it over the middle. Jonathan Mingo runs. But the important thing is what that signified. That signified that the offense is going to be okay. And what we saw in the first five games wasn't exactly the finished product that everybody was expecting it to be. Jonathan Mingo catching that ball and running to the end zone en route to 247 yards and a school record receiving. Jackson Dart throwing for 448 was a big moment and a huge turning point in this Ole Miss Vandy game and is well worth remembering. Might have been the catch that put the game away, honestly. So that was really cool to see. This segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Purchase your thrills in an all-new Frontier, Armada, or Pathfinder today. It's available at NissanUSA.com. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Do us a favor, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications, and of course, participate in the show by commenting below and upvoting. 
Um, if you do, it'll be impressive. If you look down below, right below me, the Auburn Ole Miss line is a 15.5 point line. The over-under sits at 54.5 points. That line and all lines come courtesy of Bet Online. So, Michael Trigg, um, I think Chuck Roundsville reported um, from the Ole Miss spirit that Michael Trigg broke his collarbone and he'll be out for potentially the whole season. He might be able to come back for the bowl game, but he is potentially out. This is a horrible news for that kid. He, he made a nice catch against Vanderbilt. You can see a little bit how this was going to be used. It was up the seam. It was, it was really a top-level pass. This was a big play, and I put on Twitter, uh, I think, that he needs to use this time to dig into the playbook and have like a Matt Corral type thing where he comes out ready to go in the spring and he just goes because he has the potential to be Brock Bowers if he will allow it to happen. He has that potential. He's a super athlete. He's a 240-pound man that runs like Jonathan Mingo. He, he is a super athlete playing tight end at Ole Miss. So it's important that he is out. Now, Kyron Heath, um, I think that red shirt is going to come off of him because they're going to need some depth moving forward. Casey Kelly is probably going to be the guy that carries the mail, but Kyron Heath has a chance to make some plays as well. He is out of Mansfield, Texas, 235-pound um, true freshman, number 13. If you see number 13 at tight end, that's who it is. Good player. Really athletic guy. Nobody was really in on him. But through his athletic, he came and he camped at Ole Miss, got an offer, and um, immediately committed, stuck with him, and they were able to um, build him up in this signing class. And if you look at the signing class, you know, Quinshawn Judkins, David Tanikmanosin, um, there are some players in there that just really became players. And this list has a chance to get a little bit bigger. Because you're starting to see from Wayne Kiffin, recruiting high school players starting to come through the system. You've got um, Jaden Williams. You've got Micah Pettis. Both of them starting on the offensive line. You've got Tysheem Johnson, Davidson Igmanosin. Um Those players are really kind of making hay. Everybody talks about the come to the simp and the transfer portal with Ole Miss, but there are some high school blue chips that they're signing as well. This recruiting class is going well as well. But – there's a chance for players to take over in the middle of the field. Now, two winners today, and I don't want to necessarily want to say winners, but Jordan Watkins, who has a chance to really become that middle-of-the-field guy, and I think Kyron Heath is the other one, who has a chance to be special um, at the tight end position. I, I think he needs to get his head on right and get ready to go because there's a chance he plays Saturday. I don't know. Hadn't heard anything, but – there has to be probably some backup in there. I imagine you're also going to see some four wide receiver sets, and I think you're probably going to see bigger guys on the inside of the position that can kind of, in a four wide receiver set, can do a little bit what a tight end can do. So that that's my opinion on that. But him being out opens up the window, opens up the door for Kyron Heath and Jordan Watkins to completely make plays in the middle of the field. These are my three keys to the Auburn game. First, first off, continue last week's growth. That's important. You need to you grew the offense. It looked really good. That needs to continue. That needs to be the new baseline of what is considered a good offense. 
you need to take advantage of Auburn's offensive line. They have problems on that side of the ball. So you need to stunt, you need to slant, you need to send some guys and confuse them. You need to get in the face of Robbie Ashford. He's quick to run as it is because they've struggled so much. And also the third kit, um, the third thing is Michael Trigg being out for the season, meaning Kyron Heath, Casey Kelly, or Jordan Watkins. Any number of those guys, it's their turn to step up. Those are the keys to the Auburn Tigers game. Like I said, this is a game that I don't expect Ole Miss to lose. I mean, Auburn can win the game, but I don't expect them to win the game. If you look down there, Auburn's a 15-and-a-half-point underdog for a reason. Um, But Ole Miss needs to come out and not play like they did in the first half against Vanderbilt. I mean, that goes without saying, right? If they can do that, kind of handle business, they should be all right. I do expect Auburn to to break out murder ball again and hand the ball to Tank Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter. I think we'll see them combine 40 times this week. So it's going to be imperative for Ole Miss defensively to stop the run. They do that, they'll be fine. Anyway, get more on the SEC by making Locked On SEC your second listen. Everyday host Chris Gordy and the local experts of Locked On take you across the SEC in 30 minutes. Make Locked On SEC your second listen. It's Locked On SEC. Anyway, I will see you tomorrow. Um, We're working to have Chris Gordy um, at some point this week to come back for the preview for the Auburn game and the crossover with Zach Blackerby has already been scheduled. We have Derek Vandegrift tomorrow. We have um, um, Kara McCutcheon and Tom Vanderford. They will both be on Friday. So we're reshuffling. We're doing what we need to do. But um, guests galore on the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. Anyway, thank you for tuning in. We will catch you tomorrow. And hotty toddy.